Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hurricane Harvey has done major damage to Texas and the Texans have pledged a million dollars to the United Way of Greater Houston Flood Relief Fund. Charlotte Jones Anderson says the NFL Foundation will match. We wanted to take this time to encourage our listeners to donate to Relief Aid. There are many out there, but the Red Cross is a great one as well, and any amount helps. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you. Oh, my goodness. Get fired up. It is Fantasy Draft Week here at NFL Fantasy Live, where we will walk you through the toughest draft decisions you may be facing. But, man, what a show we got in front of us here today, and what a packed house we have. If you're joining us on Facebook Live, it looks a little different in here. It might look a little different in here than what you're no, uh, used to seeing. We've got the great Magical Beard of Fantasy. Matt Franchise, what's going on? Hey, man. I'm good. <laughs> and we got I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Monday podcast. Out of baby. We've got not behind the glass in the room with us. He is not Mr. Wilson. He is Alex Gilhart, the whiskey from Wisconsin. This is a big change. We've got uh, some, you know, some Are backing. you uncomfortable? By no, I feel I'm good. The biggest change visually for people watching is probably my gigantic head <laughs> is eclipsing parts of the podcast studio they normally could otherwise see. <laughs> but it feels good to be on this side of the glass now. Uh, and we, of course, saved the best for last. Drum we roll. had uh, teased a little bit that uh, major announcements were coming on NFL Fantasy, and here it is. We've got the return, the great return of the wide receiver prognosticator. The creator of wide, or excuse me, of reception perception. Get that right. Butchered it. And one half <laughs> of the fantasy hipsters as well. It is the triumphant return of boy, young boy, Matt Harmon. Hey! For all the haters. Yes. I'm back. I'm back. For all those that love me, which... Of which there are many. <laughs> of which there are many. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good, it's good to be back. Um... Long journey to get here. Uh, Quite many, the sojourn. Many hurdles. Mm. Personal hurdles. Okay. Administrative hurdles. Okay. Potential legal hurdles. Oh, well, maybe had to uh, had to fire a lot of people oh, too. There uh, a lot of things had to had to go wrong and right to make this all happen. Okay. A, a football but, life, but Matt Harmon. <laughs> <up in the laughs> football. I think I think so. I think, I think considering how well, you know considering how this all went, I think that that. that there should be a show made out of it. But it's like it. good to be back here with you guys. I almost yeah. feel as if we should cede the floor because I know you've got takes just just built up, just bubbling up inside. I, t- I was saying earlier that it's like I'm wearing a real tight pair of pants. And okay. It's like after a long night, <laughs> I just need to rip these off and just <laughs> let it all out there. That was a horrible analogy. Yeah. I've already, that's, that's I've already turned. I'm already, come up with? I'm already <laughs> turning off listeners. Yeah, that's literally phrasing, bro. Yeah, my bad. Uh, but no, I, I did pitch. Okay. My first pod back. Yeah, 
I should really just probably have the studio to myself. That's and, like, true. And just fire reiterate, like just just be up here narrating and <laughs> screaming and yelling about all these things that I've thought all off season. But I decided that's probably you know I wanted to turn. I'd like to be a little bit more of a team player into like Infowars, yeah. where you're yeah, just right. ranting and raving for like three hours. So, I'm. Um, I'd like to just take this moment. Cam Meredith gone. Let me tell you about these supplements that I have. <laughs> Wow, what a rousing start to the podcast, baby, I love it. First Uh, day back. First day back. Uh, Remember, sign up your team, sign up your league. Franchise, how much does it cost? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Free. It's free, baby. Free. NFL.com slash fantasy. There is great content on there. They, of course, have the Fantasy Draft Kit. Go check that out. You can download the app as well. Do it today. Do it right now. The NFL Fantasy app. A lot of improvements on the app. A lot of improvements. One-touch lineup optimization. If Mm. you're lazy or your coworkers dragged you into a Mm. league, we got new things on the game centers. During the games, you're going to be able to know when your players are on the field or off the field, so you don't have to get mad when your running back's touchdown gets vultured and wow. not know why, you just know he's not on the field now. So you'll wow. still probably get mad. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I, I, feel I, like don't know, I don't know if that helps you. It's an updated interface and stuff. It's, okay. it's getting a lot better. It's getting okay. a lot better. All That's right. exciting. That is exciting. That sounds right. cool. Uh, again, a great show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about lessons we learned in preseason week three. We will make some listener league announcements. We will close out with a round of daily daps. But we start the show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. I watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Uh, by the way, in all of this Matt Harmon excitement, I was a complete D, and I forgot to mention. <laughs> no shock. Yeah, I know. Uh, I forgot to mention we've got a great new producer as well. New presence behind the glass. First round draft pick. We've got Chris Harry. Yes, sir. What's up, fellas? How you doing, pal? Yes. Feeling good. Good to be here. Producer Chris not in gonna, the building. Not gonna lie, I've been feeling like a little like phantom fingers here because like when you're like <laughs> start your show with your top headlines, I just want to be reaching for it. But then yeah. Chris is running the show. Alex, oh, I got your back, buddy. I'm I, here. I appreciate it. So I'll, I'll get I'll get that out of me after a little okay. while. But that's good. Chris, um, far, let me just say, Chris, yes. uh, far more handsome than Alex. I uh, just want to put that. Wow. I didn't say it, Alex. Wow. <laughs> up, up the wow. handsomeness level behind wow. the. Wow. It's not. It's not hard. And that's not to say anything about you. You're a fine looking guy too. Just you know, fine. He's more handsome than you. Fine. Fine. He's fine. He's also taller than me. That doesn't help. Well, that was obvious. I don't think that really needed to be said. (laughs) Taller than you, but he has a smaller head than you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people have smaller heads. I love the heat on this show. (laughs) It's getting weird. It's getting weird. All right, man. Let's get right into it, shall we? Spencer Ware, it's believed he tore his PCL. Uh, has some LCL damage as well, at least from team reports. He's likely done for the season. As a matter of fact, by the time you listen to this podcast, he may very well have been declared out for the season. But as we stand here today, Monday morning, uh, likely done for the season. He is seeking a second opinion. Right now, Kareem Hunt's ADP has not fully caught up yet to where I think it will get to the closer we get to the start of the season. Um, boys, I'll, I'll ask you. We'll start with you, WizKid. Uh, fresh off his trip back from Wisconsin, by the way. Mm. Um, where is Kareem Hunt's value in your mind? Is he a top 40 pick? I think he is at this point. Part of the why Spencer Ware's value was a little depressed once Hunt was there is because we figured it was going to be more of a committee. But now that right. he's out of the way and it seems like Hunt is going to be that main guy, there's not the depth they have behind him. That that backfield's a little thin right now. Sure. Chark Hendrick West is still hanging around and – maybe a couple other guys, but I think Hunt, you know, assuming he's going to get most of that workload in an offense that has been kind to running backs in the past, if you want him, you're going to have to, you know, round three or round four, look to pull the trigger on him. And when I did that, I did a draft this Saturday for my league of record. I think he went in the seventh round maybe because wow. like, nobody knew yet. Oh, the news hadn't come down. News hadn't come down yet. The presumption that morning was that Ware was only going to miss right. maybe a couple games. So. Right. He hadn't quite jumped that well, high, but now you're going to have to go way up. Andy Reid said immediately following the injury that it was a – I think he said it was a minor injury. Sprain yeah. is what a they sprain, thought. right? So you're thinking, oh, he might miss a couple games at most. But, uh, no, a torn PCL, they, they believe, uh, for Spencer Ware. So, Matt Harmon, what is the value for Kareem Hunt? Because, again, if you're drafting today, by the way, 
and you're searching, you're looking for Kareem, you have to literally search pretty far, uh, depending on what app you're using or whatever it might be. You do have to search pretty good to go find Kareem Hunt. And it's one of those things where it's not going to uh, uh, not going to even out. Yet. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So where do you value him right now? So I think injury, unfortunately, really brought a lot of clarity to a situation that I thought did not have a lot of clarity with Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt there. I figured that that was going to devolve into a committee, and I really wasn't taking either guy at their ADP before this situation happened. But now I think with Ware gone, Hunt basically owns this bell cow role in an offense, like Alex said, that's always been really kind to running backs, being an Andy Reid-led offense. Right now, I did projections for the first time this season, and this weekend just put pretty much all those in the trash can. Uh, (laughs) But I went back and redid everything for the Chiefs offense, and I've got him at like 215 carries, 49 catches, 1,400 total yards, and seven touchdowns. I think that makes him a pretty easy 3-4 turn pick. Um, and like it was so you're projecting him as a top 10 running back basically well top he's right now in my tiers he's in my fourth tier running back 16 but he's in the same tier with guys like Dalvin Cook Leonard Fournette Christian McCaffrey and we can no longer it's no longer outside of the realm of possibility that he finishes as the best rookie running back in fantasy this year. I would agree with that I was just looking at ADP and where you are the running back ADPs and where you'd want to take him is kind of at that crew you mentioned of like Dalvin Cook probably Ty Montgomery Isaiah Crowell that like last bastion of featured backs, like in yeah. air quotes. Yeah. And before you get into the guys that are in true committees, like the Mark Ingram and other stuff like that. So I, I feel that that third, fourth turn is probably right where you're going to want to have to get him. Your take franchise? Yeah. So, I mean, Andy Reid already came out and said Kareem Hunt is going to be the featured back. We already thought he was going to push where for snaps. Um, I mean, this has propelled him. Yeah. I mean, all these other rookies we're talking about, McCaffrey has to deal with Jonathan Stewart. Dalvin Cook, we saw Latavius Murray get some snaps finally. Right, and the O-line is a little bit broken. Yeah, I I really like Dalvin Cook, but now Latavius Murray's back. It might be split workload. Joe Mixon is dealing with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. And Leonard Fournette has a foot injury and is on a bad team. Spencer Ware led Kansas City with like 1,300 scrimmage yards last year. I can see Kareem Hunt getting plugged into that and going off. He's a complete dual threat back, had 400 receiving yards. 1300 1400 All right, so let me ask you this. So here Toledo is so here is Kareem college. Hunt. So here's Kareem Hunt. Yeah. He's out of Toledo. The re- a, a big reason why his ADP is so far down uh in a lot of different mock drafts is because people don't know Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And he comes from a small school and and again they're thinking, "Okay, well Chuck Hendrick West was the backup there last year. Maybe he's the guy coming into this year." I'll ask you point blank. Kareem Hunt versus Spencer Ware. Who has more uh, in 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 your mind, at least more talent, because you mentioned Spencer Ware with 1,300 yards or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. If we're projecting this guy to have a bigger year than Spencer Ware did last year, you're telling me that Kareem Hunt has more talent than Spencer Ware. Am I fair in saying that? I think so. I mean, Kansas City traded up to go get him. Uh, one of his biggest strengths is his balance, his ability to stay on his feet through contact. He's a threat in the passing game. And you can check me on this, but I don't think he had a single fumble in college on 782 rush attempts. Holy so. hell. That's not bad. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. I would say he's more talented than Spencer Ware, yes. Okay. There you go. Can um, I say who like who cares whether he's right. talented? Like, it's who's opportunity. More talented or no, because, no, because last year Spencer Ware also had basically no competition. Yeah. It's he was, ba- he ex- bang- he was banged up It's pretty much the same games, situation. So. It's the exact same situation, but you're projecting, again – Matt Harm, you're projecting him to have a bigger season than Spencer Ware, and it's the exact same situation. Yeah, I guess you could make that argument, but, you know, Ware was a committee back even in LSU, like his LSU, LSU. days. Yeah. You know, Kareem Hunt, much more feature guy in college. He's used to handling a full workload. Maybe Spencer Ware, you know, he got banged up in the second half of the season, wasn't used to wearing a, or carrying a bigger load. So, in my opinion, it just doesn't matter who's more talented or not. It matters who's – going to get the ball, and Kareem Hunt's going to be getting the ball. In the right, there you go. So we said we started this conversation by saying he's a top 40 guy. Um, I mean, you're saying you're going to pick him up near that 3-4 turn, so he's a top 30-ish player? I mean, if if you're wanting to target a running back in that range, yeah, I think he's one of the more appealing guys that I have in this tier. I mean, I'd rather take Kareem Hunt at the 3-4 turn than Leonard Fournette in the 2-3 turn. I easily. agree, definitely. Yep. I'd uh, rather have Hunt over Lynch. Crowell, yeah. I think he well, just has more upside. Yeah, I, maybe Crowell. I mean, I haven't been the same tier, and but I have Lynch the tier behind, so um, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, the thing to me, too, that, that really gets me excited is is Andy Reid has such a great history 
yeah. with running backs and getting a lot out of them as well. So um, I'm excited about Kareem Hunt. Now, I wouldn't blame you at all if you spent the top 30 pick. It also helps that his quarterback loves to check down. (laughs) Oh, yeah, That helps as well. That does help as well. Julian Edelman, torn ACL for him. He's done for the season. Who fills in? You know, it's interesting. You go on Twitter, and fantasy Twitter is like, oh, well, my my, my shares of Brandon Cook. Uh, Brandon Cooks is now even greater. And I'm thinking to myself, from a football perspective, real-life football perspective, this doesn't make any sense to me. Right, like Brandon Cooks is that nine-route guy, the guy that's going to stretch the field. Um, and, and meanwhile, Julian Edelman is a guy that's soaking up targets underneath. If Julian Edelman's not there, I don't really see, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick changing the offense so greatly that they're going to now start chucking it downfield more often. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I wanted to get uh, the opinion of Matt Harm. Uh, well, I, I see your point there to to a degree. But I do think Cooks, like outside of the vertical routes, the only other routes he's really all that great in, especially in reception perception, are those slant routes, the flat routes, some of those little underneath patterns where he can quickly separate. I think getting him in the slot would be good for him, avoiding press coverage. But I just think that this opens up a big slice of the pie. I mean, I had Edelman projected to lead the team in targets, not necessarily catches yards, whatever. But I, I said yesterday, like Cooks is now finally worth his – well, in my opinion, way over generous ADP. Now I think you can take him as like a top 12 receiver just because he's going in the second round. Yeah, this this opens up an actual path for him to get 120 targets where I didn't think that existed if Edelman was out there, if Gronk was out yeah. there. All uh, those running backs. Yeah, all the running backs. And like those people are all going to get little bumps too. I think Cooks, definitely you assign him a bigger share of the targets. But I think that what's more interesting is who else does this open things up for? Chris Hogan. Danny Amendola, Malcolm Mitchell, who who thrives here, and I think you can have a. What's your old, guess? I mean, I well, right. What's my take here? Uh, I I do think that this is good news for Chris Hogan. I think he's the biggest winner. I bumped Chris Hogan from pretty much you know undraftable undraftable into my tier eight of receivers at wide receiver forty. Going around, I would take him around guys like Tyrell Williams, Brandon Marshall, Devontae Parker, those type of names. I think Chris Hogan's right up there because he's a proven big play threat. I actually just banged out his entire reception perception sample last night. You're welcome, people. This is what I do for you. Uh, phrasing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm out of practice with the phrasing. Anyways, he's proven big play threat. He led the league in yards per reception last year. Oh, he looked he, great in preseason uh, in his last preseason. Yeah, he, and, and what was most exciting to me about him is he succeeds on a handful of routes, ones that the Patriots really like to run. I think they simplified things for a player like him to make him really successful in that system. And, and even better, he plays all the positions. He can play at the X receiver spot, the flanker spot. He can play in the slot. I think he's going to get on the field, probably lead this team in wide receiver snaps. Uh, you know, he did that last year. I think he could do that again this year. And then the question just becomes, does Danny Amendola fill some role in the slot? You know, Which he probably will. He played yeah. 86% of his snaps in the slot last year. Like yeah, slot That guy. is, if we're looking at like a one-to-one who's going to fill in a lot of Edelman's snaps, not yeah. his production – it's probably going to be Danny Amendola, or they might start splitting out if they keep Deion Lewis and stuff, play him in the slot a little bit as well. The thing is, though, too, like you said, I like, I like Hogan the best in the situation, but it's a case where that Edelman vacuum is just going to lift everybody up, and it's probably not going to push any one person too high where we're all, all of a sudden going to have them as like an every-week fantasy starter. You know, it's funny to me, too, because Edelman was a guy that I was not going to draft at his price because this is a guy that, again, I, well, something, something crazy, something like 19% of his fantasy production came in like week 17 or something, right? So it's like, and before that, he just was utterly uninspiring. So he wasn't somebody that I was targeting in fantasy drafts. As a matter of fact, I would say he was on my do-not-draft list Given, given his ADP, I, and I understand where he's, why he's going so high because he's a name player on a name team, and that's why he's going so high. But if you just look at the production, it doesn't match up. Um, so for me, I, he was somebody that I wasn't drafting, wasn't interested in drafting. But what, he, what his absence means, though, as you mentioned, this vacuum, it becomes much more interesting to me. Hey, does James White have right. more value? Does Rex Burkhead? have more value does somebody like Brandon Cooks have more value I don't know and and so that's kind of where I'm trying to parse out you know the how does the real football translate into fantasy football and that and it's a big time question mark yeah I mean the answer with the Patriots always comes with a little bit of like I mean maybe because we don't really know (laughs) they will obviously adjust things on a week-to-week perspective yeah their game game plan plan. changes a lot yeah but I I just I think all these guys are now you know on the table 
and okay. options. Uh, th- that same with Amendola and Mitchell. You know, I'm a, I was a big fan of Mitchell coming out of college. I think he had a nice rookie year, played a really nice Super Bowl game for them, so I think he's on the radar. But, yeah, Hogan's the big winner here to, for me. I think he is squarely a re- you know, super appealing guy with a high weekly ceiling uh, in this offense. Uh, so I, he's the guy I'm probably most excited for. Staying with wide receiver Cam Meredith took a hard hit to the outside part of his uh. left knee. <laughs> This sucked. <laughs> he got put in an air cast, was carted off. Word came down. John Fox and the and the team believe that he tore his ACL. He is likely, of course, out for the year. Okay, so he's- he might be out for a, a, a couple years. I was seeing some pe- like you know people expressing concerns about that on. Twitter. Did he break a bone? I mean, the full extent has not been discovered yet. I mean, I think he's getting an MRI today. Oh, I didn't realize that. He- they they were saying that it's probably multiple ligament damage Ooh. and whenever they put that air cast on you and cart you off that they're like that's on the that's on the table it's right like, the fact that it's even in the air is bad okay i got you all right so he is likely out for the year um cam meredith was expected to be you know a breakout candidate he was definitely expected to be the chicago bears number one wide receiver now that alshon jeffrey is gone there's so many question marks to parse through here beyond just Cam Meredith. Uh, uh, we'll start at the wide receiver position franchise. Who do you like here as maybe somebody that could step forward, or is there nobody that's fantasy relevant? I have no idea. I mean, I think if you're taking any Bears wide receiver at this point, it's a late-round flyer, and you leave him on your bench till you see what happens. I think maybe Kendall Wright is the next man up. I mean, he looked okay in, in, in their third preseason game. I think Victor Cruz has had a nice preseason too. Yeah, I just can't invest in Victor. Cruz I just don't believe in like a, a, a bounce back from him okay and then you got Kevin White you oh gotta, people are hyphy on you, Kevin White you gotta think like the team wants to see what he can do yeah but I don't know I mean he kind of has not been impressive at all and with Mike Glennon back there who knows if Trubisky takes over like we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be it's kind of a huge mystery for me okay so how about this then so I don't think I agree with you I don't think that any of the wide receivers are necessarily fantasy relevant and maybe we got to just see how it all works out before we say okay let's put a waiver claim in uh, for whoever it might be there in a Chicago uh, Bears uniform but I do think that the loss of Cam Meredith also has an impact on the running game. Right. And we've talked about some of the, the question marks or some of the red flags surrounding Jordan Howard. Alex Gilhar, uh, again, when, when you're talking about taking Cam Meredith off the table, this is even less for defensive coordinators to start thinking and worrying about. How might this impact Jordan Howard? I mean, it's not great. There's, there's no way really to spin this as a positive for him unless you think it nets him, I don't know, 10, 15 more targets. But even then... This passing game was already suspect with quarterback question marks and talent question marks across the board. They've got, you know, Victor Cruz is still kind of find, trying to find his form after that Indeed. horrific knee injury he had a couple years ago. Kendall Wright has had one good season and has bounced around and kind of flamed out with different offensive coordinator staffs. Kevin White, who knows? And uh, then you've got Zach Miller coming off a bad injury. Adam Shaheen, that tight end, everybody thought was a prospect. Like, literally, it's just question marks everywhere. So. Right. And Marcus the, Wheaton had surgery on a finger, I believe. I even forgot he was yeah. there. And he's, <laughs> they, 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 they paid <laughs> him a lot of money. They paid him a lot of money. <laughs> yes. But so the point, right. the point is the you know you're going to get the volume with Howard, but it just becomes that question of are there going to be scoring opportunities for him, which is the big thing that Todd Gurley ran into last year as Harmon Right. Vote. And, like, if they don't get anywhere near the red zone or if they're only scoring two touchdowns a game and, you know, one or most of them are coming through the air, yeah. like, that's really, really going to hurt his, his ceiling. But he's probably still got to be a second-round pick at this point just from just from a volume standpoint and the sheer lack of uh, featured backs. But you're not going to feel as good about taking him at that, like, turn into the second round now right. yeah. as you were early a, a week ago. You know, we talk about Todd Gurley a lot, and, and of course the, they have a lot of similarities in terms of what their situation looks like following a breakout rookie season. Um, you know, it's interesting, I, and I get that Todd Gurley was an absolute fantasy bust last year, but he still finishes top 20 running back just based off of volume. So, yeah. I mean, you still got Again, you didn't get great production out of him, but you got usable weeks. You got a floor, but you were expecting a ceiling. Yes. And I think those ceiling games just they never were can. never there. And will those ceiling games be there for Jordan Howard? I think that's a fair question. And, and one thing, in all of the questions that I raised about Todd Gurley last year, the one thing that he did manage to kind of buoy that floor by accomplishing was that he got pass game work. And I think that's a big question for Jordan Howard. Is he going to be able to maintain a floor by getting any pass game work? And if they're in those negative game scripts, I mean, he dropped, I think he led the league in drops among running backs last year. He did. 
you know, that's not his strength coming out of college. Tariq Cohen has been a big play. Oh, my Brad. God. He's looked, he's looked really good in the preseason. And tiny. I know, like, there have been some aggressive projections about what he could take away in terms of a per-game, you know, touch workload. But okay. I do think he's going to play in the pass game, Tariq How can Cohen. he not? I mean, How can he not? He has been absolutely stunning in the preseason. We're talking about an offense that's starved for playmakers, and he's clearly shown himself to be at least something of a pass little, you know, water bug pass catching playmaker or whatever. So I think they got to get him on the field, and I think that cuts into Jordan Howard's floor. I, I, you know, I don't think you can lower him too much, but he's definitely that the last in that second tier of running backs for me. One more positive note on Jordan Howard: he had eye surgery in the off season. The old LASIK. <laughs> there, there are so his vision is improved. <laughs> there's, there's an article in the Chicago Sun-Times that ran yeah. last week where Howard was quoted saying he didn't like to wear contact lenses. So he, he said, quote, unquote, far away things were hard to see and identify. <laughs> and, quote, I was just going out there kind of blind, Howard oh, said. Man. I couldn't see All far right. away. You know what? I oh. completely so changed my tune. I would think that that That's means funny. if you, like, uh, identifying, like, if there's a defender in front of you, which yeah. way you need to cut, or hopefully, like, seeing the ball. Actually seeing is different than vision. <laughs> That's second, crazy. second in the NFL yeah, and rushing going half blind. I mean, <laughs> I mean if you can double see it. better, double double it. maybe it's He's a He's running for 3,000. Baby, you let's go. That's funny. Yeah. No, no, you know what? Here's the thing. He did have the lowest catch rate among any running back who saw at least 50 targets last saw year. Saw targets? Huh? <laughs> Maybe he didn't see him. Maybe that's why he's dropping so many passes. He dropped seven passes, which was a lot. I mean, I think it was in the top ten of, of anyone, uh, including wide receivers as well. So right. he had a lot of drops. Uh, that being said, even though his vision is – and I do believe that it will help him in the passing game. For sure. How can you not get Tar Cohen out there? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He's been explosive. Yes, and he is the natural pass-catching guy anyways. You know, I just don't – beyond all the other stuff, the emergence of Tar Cohen, to, for me anyways, I think lowers the floor, as you mentioned, uh, for Jordan Howard. All right, let's talk about the quarterback situation there in Duval. Blake Bortles – Oh, must we? Somehow, some this way, is ugly back-to-back uh, I know. things for me. First, <laughs> first camp, Meredith, it's not a good. Bortles. It's not a good news section. No, it's, it's not. Sad news. It's, it's it very is. Sad news. I know. Blake Bortles somehow, some way, was named the starter there in Jacksonville. I don't. I and I'm. I was surprised. I got to be honest with you. I. I mean, they gave Henny the start there in the third preseason game, and then I mean, I guess Bortles looked. I mean, he looked better, but it was against you know. Guys that, as Adam Rank says, is going to be pumping gas at the Chevron next week. He still threw a pick that was just, ugh. So, I don't know. To me, I was surprised. I was surprised that Blake Bortles was named the starter. But for me, it's – it's look, Bortles is irrelevant. It's just what does it mean for the run game? What does it mean for Allen Robinson in particular, who is just two years removed from a 14-14 and 14 season? 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Last year, what, didn't even crack 900 – and I think he had, what, six touchdowns last year? So what does it mean for Allen Robinson? And the reason I bring it up is because his body language with Blake Bortles has been bad. The whole yeah. team just – he's Blake Bortles is becoming one of those quarterbacks that just – like Brock Osweiler, like just chokes the life out yes, of the offense. Like that's exactly everybody, right. You, like how can you run a quarterback out there that your team just doesn't believe in? And it is – more than apparent that the team does not believe in Blake Bortles. The, like, preseason is all about reading the tea leaves and trying to get inside these teams' head, the decision-makers' heads. And everything leading up to this moment did not say, we're, we're going to turn, turn back to Blake Bortles. So <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that he's on a short leash, Yeah, that being Blake Bortles. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it is it just – it's gross. It's gross to have Bortles back out there. I thought Henny, you know, he threw one uh, one decent long ball to Allen Robinson. And, of yeah. course, you know, that you know prompted me to tweet, I've always believed in Chad Henny. Of course. Oh, gosh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's year 2017, and Chad Henny is my savior. So uh, that's where we are with life. Um, no, but I do think that, like, this, all, all of this talk this offseason about Jacksonville, you know, finally taking that step, you know, becoming a pretty good team, and, you know, getting on a run-heavy game script, you know, we have Leonard Fournette taking 280 carries and, like, sucking all the pass game volume away from Allen Robinson and the rest of the guys. Like, f- forget about it. This is going to be a bad team again. They're going to be a lot of pass-heavy game scripts. I think the volume's going to be there. Um, 
I, I don't know. I think we see Allen Robinson finish somewhere between the two seasons that we're familiar with now. Interesting, though. So if it's a pass-heavy approach, certainly that's got to impact what Leonard Fournette does. I don't. I don't want to draft like Leonard Fournette is like. I don't want to draft that guy right now. Okay. Too I don't costly. even want to start him in Week One against the Texans. Yeah. No. <laughs> like I, I don't want to start on a road game. With a, with a, one of the best front sevens in the league, <laughs> right? <laughs> with a bad foot, with a bad, bad foot, foot you in know, a committee. Question, question, yeah, right. Questionable workload. Plus, but, I mean, Chris Ivory's a starter there. So. All right. I mean, you know, they can well, stop. Well. They can, they can, they can say that all they want. <laughs> uh, but stop. I do think that they're probably not, you know, super incentivized to just throw him right out there. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Fournette's just like clear. No thanks. Okay. Don't, Especially don't at his ADP, I don't yeah. think I've taken him in one real or mock draft because he's got a top twenty-five going. value right now. Yeah. Very high. Yeah, very very Forget high. It. If you're in a twelve-team league, that's what. Uh, uh, that's that's a second round pick. Second round pick. Yeah. Early yeah. I mean, second. Yeah. Second early third basically is oh, where baby. he's going. And um, wouldn't surprise me. Of, of these rookie. I'm bats. a scared little girl at that ADP. <laughs> every throw, every catch, every two-minute drill. Every fourth and inches, if it's NFL football and it happened, NFL Game Pass has got it. Get every live out-of-market preseason game, condensed games, replays, coaches, film, and more. Kick off your free trial today at NFL.com slash Game Pass. All right, let's talk about other lessons we have learned here in preseason week number three. We saw the uh, debut of Jamal Charles, and I got to say, guys, I thought he looked spry. Yeah, man. I thought he was efficient with his touches. Yeah. I like the the cutback ability that he showed, and he looked a little bit like the old JC. I know. I agree. Jump cuts, and I don't. I I liked what I saw from Jamal Charles. Considering he was like a 50-50 shot to make the roster a few weeks ago, right now he's. I think after this game, they confirmed he made the roster. Yes, he, he, he it's, did. It's it's a sign that the team liked what they saw. Hopefully he's confident that his knee can hold up. He made some cuts that show he's confident in making those types of cuts. Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't have that speed he once had, but he looked good, man. Still looks pretty quick. He got yeah. to the corner on that one play, and he had, it made me worried because like one of the Packers was trying to tackle him, and he like bent awkwardly on his knee, and I was like, yeah. no, 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 and then he just kept going. I was like, That's right. All right, so it was a really good sign. And like C.J. Anderson, as much as we, we some of us love him, I still think, Dude got nicked up in that game against the Packers. He, he took it's a hit and he sat on the field. Always he something. He came in and ran for like that 22-yard touchdown run or whatever and looked good. But Later, yeah. he is not the picture of health. And this no. is a this is a team that very easily could split the carries even if Anderson is healthier. So totally. I mean, Jamal Charles could be an excellent late round flyer, or if you go wide receiver heavy early and take a shot out of him later, you know, and just hope it works out. Why not? I mean, if we're talking about you know 13th, 14th round lottery tickets, yeah. He Maybe. still is the career leader in yards per carry average for guys with, uh, right. like, 1,500. That's what's crazy. He might get 10, 12 touches a game, but he can produce on that kind of volume. I agree with that. that talented. I do agree with that. And, and again, we talk about C.J. Anderson. Of course, I love the kid. But, I mean, he is not the guy that's elusive. Yeah. You know what I mean? The reason he gets banged up, man, he takes a lot of punishment on each and every carry. And the offensive line there in Denver, too, not the best. It's not the greatest. Jamal Charles could be that guy that even in bad blocking is able to churn out yards. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. I, I liked what I saw from Jamal Charles, and it totally exceeded my expectations. Color me skeptical. Okay, of here we this, go. Of all this all Jamal right. Charles. <laughs> Why? I best. <laughs> because it took us till August 28th for us to even be slightly excited about this guy. Well, we hadn't seen him. Yeah, well, th I think that's my point. It took us this long to see him. I mean, that's like getting excited about me being back, which is silly that you guys are. <laughs> but, but seriously. Uh, yeah, good point. Color me skeptical uh, on this whole Matt Harmon. Uh, Very skeptical. Yeah. But anyways, I, I, I don't know. Color me skeptical on Jamal Charles being able to really hold up, be able to really take a role here. I'm not interested in drafting either of those two Denver backs. Give me D'Angelo Henderson, who I think has actually looked really good this entire summer. And you have like except two, in two fumbles. It, it, I was just about to say, except in week three, he looked bad. Right. But still, I think that he makes starts by the end of this year. Color me skeptical, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys suck. <laughs> uh, but no, I think he makes start I think he makes starts at some at some time this year. And just in general, I don't know that I really want to draft like the Denver running backs right now. To be honest, I'm putting all Denver players in fantasy. Okay. I'm interested in Personally. the receivers. But I don't mind the receivers. Yeah, the receivers I'm I totally do. into. Trevor Simeon actually looked pretty good in that he's game. He's a good quarterback. Like, he's, he's, well, let's he's not, not overstate. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, he's a good quarterback. He's, Trevor Simeon's not going to go up and finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. He's not right. going to go up and, and light up the scoreboard. 
But he is an accurate thrower. He's got a pretty good arm, and he's going to be able to keep afloat both of those wide receivers for 1,000-plus yards and six to eight touchdowns. Not to mention they're both locks for 130 targets. yeah, easy. Plus. Just a note, Demaryius Thomas came out of the game early for, like, a groin thing. I think they said it was precautionary. precautionary. Come on, dude. (laughs) <laughs> he's been dealing. Oh. With, on, bro. He's been dealing with lower body injuries yeah, the hip uh, for the injury, last. Yeah, the hip injury. Yeah, exactly. All right, so there you go. Uh, we'll stay in that same game. Ty Montgomery, I thought, uh, looked really strong. I thought he yes. ran with power. Um, I, it just to me, he looked. He he was. It was an impressive runner between the tackles, and was taking on punishment, taking on tacklers, and I liked what I saw. He also caught. A, he caught a few passes out of the backfield as well, which is. It was a little tease game to what his ceiling could be in Green Bay, which is what we kind of talked about with Ty Montgomery, is that as a converted wide receiver in a team that chucks the ball a lot, if he's able to keep that third down work and get, you know, 56, 50, 60 catches. I mean, Eddie Lacy had over 50 catches back in the day in Green Bay's offense. And as you said, James, he looked like a capable between-the-tackles runner. He was breaking tackles, like could, wasn't coming down with arm tackles. You know? So it was it was a great – it was a great tease for what his ceiling can be, and it kind of helped in the dress rehearsal game of the preseason kind of solidified, like, he's an upside guy. There, there's plenty of risk with his sickle cell history, yeah. and, you know, he already probably had soft tissue leg yes. injuries a little bit this year, but, man. Hamstring injuries have if, uh, limited him in training camp. If it does go well for him, it's hard to not see him in that offense finishing as a top 12 back. One note on the sickle cell thing. Uh, I was listening back to uh, one of the podcasts, uh, Football Guys with Gene Bramble, and he talked about how – this game was really important for Ty Montgomery with the sickle cell thing because it's in Denver, and you know that right. is the oh, thing with the high with, altitude. Yeah, with point. the high altitude, the sickle cell. Point. That so if they went out, if they like kind of took it easy with him, maybe that's a question you could have asked. Like, is all this you know hamstring? Is this lower body injury thing that's been going on this offseason doesn't have to deal with the sickle cell? But the fact that they went out there, they put him out there with the starters, they you know risked him. I think that lets you know that that's probably and not what for those. Don't I know, forgot Gene, about Gene that. is a doctor, right? Yeah, Gene yeah, is so a legit doctor. It, this is a, coming from a good source. Yeah, not just me making things up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Ty Montgomery. I've been all in all summer. This you know Jamal Williams didn't do anything to like take the job during uh, Ty Montgomery's absence. I think Montgomery has. A poor man's David Johnson ceiling and a rich man's theoretic floor. I think that's what you're drafting, and I, like I love that. that. I, like I like that, that description. Yeah, yeah, I like that description. Theoretic with better rushing potential. Yes, well, that's, obviously, you, know, you could have just said rushing potential. <laughs> but no, I think that yeah, that's exactly what you're investing it into. I mean, if he gets some of the early down work taken away, or he can't pass protect, whatever, I think he still gets 50 catches in yeah. this offense. And yeah, you're talking theoretic level production, but I think that if he just completely owns the backfield, takes all the touches. You're looking at like a poor man's David he Johnson. Got, he got the up. goal line work when they had that interception return. They put him in there. He powered right through and scored on it. He looked strong, man. I really liked what I saw uh, in that game. Devontae Parker has also looked really strong in this preseason. And I tell you what, as soon as they got Jay Cutler, man, this guy's stock started to skyrocket. I want to know what you guys think about Devontae Parker there in Miami. And we'll start with you. Was good? I was going to say we should start with Harmon, who's yeah, had, a had, en- him. Ha- had enough time. I will say I, have, yeah, I haven't been a huge fan of Parker since he – I liked him as a prospect, but yeah. he's kind of struggled coming into the NFL. But Cutler is the type of quarterback that suits a player like Devontae Parker. For sure. And, you know, the king of Chuck and Yolo balls now has a 6'3", very strong athletic guy to go up and get him. And I think that's a lot of Parker's production so We've far. already seen that in the preseason, too. Has come on those type of plays. And that was yeah. just never Ryan Tannehill's M.O. as a quarterback. Yeah. That's why he. That's why Jarvis Landry would see yeah. like 160 targets or whatever a year because Ryan Tannehill would just ping it to him everywhere. So, honestly, on both sides, Parker's stock probably comes up a little bit and Landry's takes a little bit of a hit. He might not have that guaranteed volume that's well, kept him afloat in agreed. fantasy the last like three years now there's these crazy rumors that d- the dolphins are looking to trade jarvis landry which is just mind-boggling you're going to trade one of the few pro bowlers you have on the ro- okay i think it but this all fits exactly the tone of what's come out of miami this entire offseason i mean they have pretty much just said no when he's asked for an extension this off i mean he's up for a contract year yep. they've shown no inclination to extend him and i think that makes a lot of sense because despite all their production he is a limited player i mean he's good at what he does it's like a short area slot receiver reliable guy in contested situations he's good at all that but i think there's a ceiling there with jarvis landry they just paid kenny stills they clearly want to go to be a more play action vertical based passing game and that does fit parker and the drumbeat for parker this whole offseason has very much been positive that he's 
been working out properly, right. professional, you yeah. know, doing those things that he wasn't doing. Right, the work ethic the, wasn't there. The yeah. hype was there last year, but the little details, you're right, yes. like eating healthy and working. Yeah, I mean, hype things. among, like, fantasy players or whatever, it was definitely there. But no, the, Even from the front office and stuff, everybody's like, oh, he's going to be a breakout. But Adam players. Gase was always like, I don't know about yeah. you know, I don't he's, know. You know he pumped the brakes. He was, he was definitely throwing some subtle shade in there. But this year, it's been all positive for Parker. And most importantly, yeah, the, the the new quarterback just kind of puts the exclamation point on the entire drumbeat this positive offseason, and especially showing it in the preseason. That means a lot to me. Uh, I, I think this is the year that he that he does turn it around. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's talk about Amir Abdullah. Is he primed for a bounce-back campaign? What say you, franchise? I want Amir Abdullah on every single fantasy team. That I <laughs> really? I, no, but doesn't yes. he look good? Whoa. He looks good. Awesome. I think he's looked great. I mean, he's looked very explosive. He looks – I mean, we already knew he was going to be super comfortable in the passing game, and I, and I think he's shown that as well. He's got a great ADP. I think he's going, like, early – late sixth round, early seventh round maybe. Like you said, he looks explosive fast. He's a, He was hitting the hole with aggression against the Patriots the other night. I don't think there's any fear that that foot injury that kept him out will uh, arise this year. They didn't add anyone else in that backfield. In that, the draft that's true. Or, or free agency. In a in a uh, draft that had a ton of running back depth, mm-hmm. the Lions didn't address that. Right. And I think that's it speaks to what you're saying is I think they may feel pretty confident yeah. that Amir Abdullah is right and can be that guy. And he's got that breakaway speed. He's also going to be a factor in the passing game. I know Theo Riddick is there, but he's coming off double wrist surgery. Right. I don't think we've seen him yet this uh, preseason, if I'm not mistaken. I don't so, think so. I mean, I think Amir Abdullah is going to be their feature back and 200-plus touches. For and the sure. price is right. The price is amazing for a feature back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like – I'm with you, I man. think there's just questions overall about the Lions offense. Okay. But I like Amir Abdullah at his price. Riddick did play uh, in the preseason game against the Patriots. He took eight ah. snaps. But, uh, but still – I can't imagine a player I'd rather not draft than is that Amir right? Abdullah at running back 24. And I've I've changed my opinion on this uh, because, like, back when I know we did a mock draft and I mm-hmm. took him in, like, the fifth round, uh, you know, you guys were like, what? Yeah, but that's because he that. was, like, your RB1. Well, I be yeah, true. But also, I just – at that point, I thought there was more clarity. But the longer I've sat here and marinated on the situation, okay, he is just going to operate – in a very thin margin for error role. I still think Theoretic leads the team in running back catches, running back targets. That's going to take away his floor. I still I they still believe that they do not want him to be a goal line back and I think Zenner will be that guy. You're crazy. He's taken goal line reps in practice. So I don't want to I don't want to draft Amir Abdullah to be in that between the 20s. Same thing with Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. I want nothing to do with Mixon at his price cuz they're both operating in these real thin margin for error roles as just big play threats in between the 20s. You know, maybe 15 touches a game. That's not going to be enough if he's not getting the money touches which are in the pass game and around the goal line he's an easy fade at running back 24 in the fifth round to me are you serious no no interest at that price interesting if he was if he was like if he goes in like the seventh round i think about it but where he's going right now about where he's going so consensus adp at fantasy pros has him at 60th overall yeah. What's that? Like a seventh, seventh, seventh round, sixth, seventh rounder? I think you can think about it there, but I'm still not that optimistic. God, I'm excited about him in the seventh round, man. I'll take that all day I long. especially like him if, and I've done this in a number of drafts in the past, if you go wide receiver heavy early and then you take yes. three or four running backs in a row, like if yeah. you go three or four wide receivers and then take three or four running backs, and you take guys, you take guys like Abdullah who have a chance to be a featured back, they might not all hit. Like last year in a right. draft in that range, I took – like Jeremy Hill, Melvin Gordon, and somebody else. Like two of them were like, but Melvin Gordon became an RB one, and I was very happy with that yeah. turnout. So yeah, I'm not. I like I I I've always been an Amir Abdullah fan, so I'm I'm buying back. You're in, stud. I'm a You're fan, in. fan of his game, but I don't I don't think he has a realistic <laughs> shot to Call. be a feature back unless these <laughs> unless these guys get hurt. And Call. Melvin Gordon's a great example. He needed a Danny Woodhead injury to have the season he had last year. So maybe if Theoretic does get hurt. Then you're looking at a, a, a change of tune there, but until until that happens, nah. Color me skeptical about Harmon's uh, <laughs> Abdullah analysis. <laughs> <laughs> He's been oh. back for one day, and we've already got a bit slamming him. I love I it. Like we'll it. agree so to disagree, pal. That's fine. Oh, the fantasy. It would hipsters. be boring if we were I know. agreeing. The fantasy hipsters like, going at it. Well, what do we do? What do we do? We didn't help I don't know, anyone. Make, make your own freaking decisions. Yeah, right. <laughs> you do. Oh, yeah. Which argument did you find more compelling? The correct <laughs> one that I said or the wrong one that everybody else said? <laughs> Boo. Boo. Uh, let's talk about the Rams offense. I thought they looked uh, – I think they have looked uh, pretty good 
in the preseason thus far. Um, I think we've seen development from Jared Goff. Obviously, they added uh, depth along that offensive line. I think the offensive line has played better. I think Sean McVay's offense obviously plays better uh, there with their personnel as well. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the Rams' offense in general. I think there are some interesting fantasy assets there. Well, okay, maybe there's two. There's Todd Gurley. (laughs) There's Cooper Cup. And... Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins. Are you interested in Sammy yeah, Watkins at I mean, all? yes and yes and no, but I'm not sure. So I just want to I want to get a feel uh, from you guys as to what you guys think about the Rams offense. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Todd Gurley is the only player I'm interested in this offense. Right? Not even Cooper Cup? No. Hmm. He got he got banged up maybe late in a PPR league, but I just think there's there are a lot of other guys in passing attacks that aren't as crowded. And I know Cup has had a great rapport with Goff so far, and they're Tremendous. super high on him. They took him in the third round. But they do still have – now they've got Sammy Watkins. They have Robert Woods, who they picked up, who could be in a similar type possession role. I just – I don't know. What's what's the upside with Cup? I know I saw Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football last week said yeah. Cup's going to get 100, 100 receptions. receptions. I <laughs> damn near fell out of my chair. But. 100 receptions. Okay, I'm not going to get that – I'm so, not going to get that crazy. No, but, but I think he's – I think he's got – I think he's got a, a, in PPR – I think he's got – With this offense, I'm much more in wait-and-see mode. Okay. I believe in McVay, but – the, all these pieces have just come together here. Yeah, you know Watkins just got in. Goff still has a lot of questions about him. I just don't yeah. want to. I don't want to sink I'm not, draft picks that I could put elsewhere into into these guys. I'd rather, Goff is definitely not. He's not fantasy relevant. I'd rather take yeah. like Adam Thielen, either of the Browns wide receivers. Okay. Uh, I don't know Kenny Stills. Somebody somebody late than then Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Interesting. We also haven't seen Tavon Austin yet because he's been out with a hamstring <laughs> injury. So I'm not saying <laughs> that he's, he's going to be a Austin. factor in fantasy, but okay. you're saying a crowded offense. That's one piece that we haven't even seen yet. No, to making man. it even more crowded. Just, that's making a lot of money. No, that's not. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm. I'm hundred percent. He's gonna not, be. No. He's gonna play. You're probably no, he's, right. No, no, you're he's gonna. Right. No, no, I'm he's not gonna saying play. Draft him. I'm no, just saying he, he crowds this situation yeah, even. You're, more. you're correct. You're, you're. Correct. I think he is a guy that has more value in real life. Yeah. Than in fantasy. And even that's not much. Yeah, I think you're right there. But I'll, I'll say this. Um, the last time I checked, and I gotta check my numbers again. You gotta look at them. I got. I gotta look at them. I got. I got. I got to focus in and look at those numbers. Uh, but no, I, the last time I checked, I think, and again, don't quote me on this, but I think that uh, Cooper Cup saw something like thirty percent of all of the right now. of all of the Jared Goff uh, targets. Says yeah. Cup. And, and and if that's the case, uh, look, I'll I'll go I'll go back to his collegiate days. All right, Goff would funnel targets to a fellow by the name of Kenny Lawler, who was, in my opinion, not their most talented player. But he had a rapport with him. He was basically a big slot receiver working inside and outside. If that's not Cooper Cup, I don't know who is. I'm 100% with you on this take. I was not that like big of a fan of, of Cup as a prospect because I didn't think he could win outside. The Rams are not going to ask him to win outside. Mm-hmm. They like, This feels weird to say, and I've lost a lot of hours of sleep think, thinking that I think this. Uh, the Rams offense is kind of like well set up from a typological standpoint. They have an ideal X receiver in Sammy Watkins. They have a really nice flanker in Robert Woods. And Cooper Cup is set to go along that Jarvis Landry, Jordan Matthews access as like a, you know, we don't think they're all that good, but they pile up production as big slot receivers that win contested catches, that have good hands, that I think that it's well within the range of outcomes for Cup to exceed 100 targets, and I think his floor is like 65, 70 catches. I think he gets that pretty easy. I mean, like you're saying, in the preseason, Goff's eyes go right to Cup. I mean, it is clear that they have a rapport. And, yeah, I mean, Sammy Watkins is going to be the big play threat and probably leads the team in targets and receiving yards, but won't shock me if Cup leads them in catches. Dude, hot take on my end. I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to lead the team. I think it's going to be Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup leads the team in targets. Now, that being said, I think they'll I think they'll spread it around a little bit more than what we've seen in the preseason. I think the tight ends will get involved, and Sammy Watkins is going to get involved. As you mentioned, uh, Tavon Austin will be there. Robert Woods will see his requisite amount of, of, of looks as well. But to me, I think the leader in the clubhouse in terms of targets, I think it's going to be Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. All right, I mean, we don't have this one on the list, but I want to throw in one more lesson learned from Please. preseason week three. Uh, I think Carlos Hyde has kind of cemented oh, himself right. as the much better va- much better value if he's going like third, fourth round yeah. as we thought. 
Uh, he was getting all of the first-team running back stat snaps. He yep. looked good. And he's running looked with good. tackles, catching yes. passes out of the backfield. Looks fast. That he looks I was fast. I was at the airport. I was at the airport bar waiting for my flight, and I caught like the first quarter and a half or so of that 49ers Vikings game. He looks good, man. And I was like, I was like, man, that, that 49ers offense is not loaded with playmakers, but they were moving the ball, and Kyle yeah. Shanahan was calling yeah. some good plays. So sure. I think uh, Hyde's still in that back end of the bell cow range, and. This preseason has just helped cement his status. He's given the old Heisman to uh, Tim Hightower and Joe Williams. And <laughs> Matt, Matt Breida, Breida or whatever. The giving yeah. the Heisman to Joe Williams. <laughs> That's right. No, I, and I, first of all, look, it's important to note, too, because uh, Joe Williams had all the hype uh, coming into training camp. He's kind of faded away, and now it's Matt Breida who is – the uh, looks like to be anyways the backup there in San Francisco so it's important to know that because it's not like people watch a lot of Niner preseason games it's not like people know Matt Breida but yeah. let me tell you something if you're listening to this podcast it has become apparent at least to me preseason week number three again people say this is the dress rehearsal for the regular season Matt Breida has emerged in San Francisco as the backup to Carlos Hyde. It shows, too, good on this organization. You know, organizational clarity is a really important thing. And, you know, they've definitely gone out and given Kyle Shanahan the guys that he wants. But I also think it's good to see that, like, hey, they're pretty content to, you know, do this competition thing. And, hey, even though Kyle Shanahan stood on the table and all that about Joe Williams – you know, he's not just going to go out there and like force him the job. Whoever's the better player is going to going to get you know ascend the depth chart. So, but I, I agree with Alex that Carlos Hyde definitely a player that looked like just completely did not want to touch right. you know, two months ago, but now much more appealing. Um, obviously, the same questions come with his injuries history, and you know, is how good is this offense really going to be? Uh, what's the scoring potential? Does he have pass game upside? But, yeah, I, I think Carlos Hyde much safer now than he was a couple months ago. I like it. All right, so those are your week three takeaways. Let's talk about the listener league. I know a lot of folks were very excited about getting into the various listener leagues here. We'll make a few more announcements today in the OG League, in the Hipsters League, and, of course, in the 16-team Danger Zone League. Danger Zone! Danger Zone. Oh, by the way, Adam Rank, who was on Good Morning Football, uh, this morning, he's this is that's why he's not here. Uh, he dropped in this r- out of the blue nowhere shrieking danger zone. Wow! <laughs> and it, it, I don't even know if it made sense. I don't think it did. And I de- definitely no one on the set even knew what the hell he was talking about. Love it. But he dropped it in anyways. This is a fantasy maverick for you going I on a new it. show and stirring it up. All right, I, should absolutely. I should I start? Yes, please. Keep it rolling. All right, we are going to pick a uh, longtime listener, friend of the pod. Uh, AJ Smith underscore 23 on Twitter. Uh, Five-star review. Pick me for the listener league. So not uh, obscuring any facts and why he was (laughs) leaving this review. Perfect. But said a great group of guys who seem to genuinely enjoy what they're doing and provide great advice. Uh, He also calls out Marcus for telling him to trade DeMarco Murray in week three last year because Derrick Henry was going to win the job. Whoops. So he says you win some, you lose some. All right. But uh, so he's got a good said, attitude about yes. it. That's good. Says it's a fun listen, informative. The guys interacting with the fans on Twitter is great. And he's currently watching us on Facebook Live. Oh my goodness! Hello. Wow. He gets to know What's now. up? Good news for you, bro. So he says that he. I like this. The best part is he says full disclosure. He's writing us to get into a listener league. We yeah. understand that's what we ask people to do. Uh, says uh, he understands the long shot, especially since admitting on Twitter that he's having a September wedding on a Sunday with a cash bar. Ah. He's not a wrestling oh. fan. What? He well, doesn't have a beard and prefers hard cider over beer. But um, it would be wrong of us uh, to discriminate how, how, how against somebody. How is this guy? Because we need to have a community of inclusiveness in sure. fantasy and in these sure. leagues. And it would be That's true. It is would it, be wrong of us. To, it would be wrong of us yes. to simply admit people that liked okay. wrestling. Well, Huba stank and beer. Okay, well, why Huba stank? Where did that come from? You're like trying to slide. That's a wild card. <laughs> Hoobastank. Get that out of here. Uh, uh, this is a callback. If people remember, I, I do own three Hoobastank CDs at my house, sadly. This is but uh, So I wanted to get in somebody different. He's been a long-time listener, follower, tweets us regularly. So AJ okay. Smith, welcome, welcome to, to the OG League. The OG League. All right, hipsters, give me a couple. Uh, All right. Seed the Florida franchise because yeah, I've sure. been okay. I've been very uninvolved in that All right. process. All right. <laughs> the first – we only have three spots left. We're letting two people in today. Boom. So one more on the next episode. After boom, boom, guys. boom. All right. First one, uh, he sent us his review, five-star review, great review, okay. and then a photo of him with a tweet saying, hipsters don't need pre-made rankings. That's why I made my own 100% organic, natural, grass-fed rankings. In <laughs> 
He has his laptop <laughs> with like paper, like yep. scissors, yep. cut out every single player's name sure individually. Did. It's got to be like hundreds of players. He sure did to do his own rankings on the table. Uh, Plus, great. he has this odd shaped beer glass in like a wooden chalice. It, it almost looks like a an hourglass. Yeah. And I said, like, I commented, and I was like, what is that? And yeah. he said, this hipster glass was designed in the 19th century by an innkeeper for the coachman to have a beer for the road. Like, Ooh. this dude, all right, <laughs> mad hipster points. Uh, then, once, you, once, you, you, once you drop the phrase innkeeper, you know you've gone. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Then he followed up with last-minute bonus points. I have a beer, not as mighty as yours, but still. And I am a French in SoCal, which is the definition of a hipster. He's so, a Frenchman. Yes, he's a Frenchman. He's in the league now. His his handle is at the Corner Muse. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Is he on Mark Sessler's fantasy corner? But I'll follow. Yeah, maybe I'll follow and DM him and get his email address for the perfect. Fight. You're in. Love it. Um, our other guy was a listener to the Hipsters fantasy podcast. Oh. Always, we had a mailbag episode. A crossover one. fan. Crossover, crossover fan. Have fan. a couple of those in the league. Love he it. always sent us awesome emails that okay. were like hipstered out to the max. Yeah, he would ask like stardom sit him questions uh you know last season after we did started doing the hipsters bit and would always have, like phrase them very well like if Michael Crabtree was, you know, locally sustained fruit from uh and uh yeah. you know Danny Woodhead was yeah. a strong double IPA, <laughs> which would you rather go with? And yeah. I mean it got I mean it was great oh cuz it got God. my attention of all the ones that are just like locally Robbie sourced. Anderson, Devin Funches like answer now please quickly. <laughs> Time's ticking. It's Wednesday, idiot. What are you talking wow. about? Yeah, so yeah. just a uh, stand uh, out. A bit from his uh, email to or his review to us. He says, I shall write this first to object to the idea that Feather Quill and Choir is an unacceptable <laughs> method to review. <laughs> so you can get a sense of, like, what he's talking about here. <laughs> Guys, his, his, can you, though? <laughs> his name is Chad, and his okay. handle is at Socks and Sandals, so I'll hit him. Oh, up. I know You're him. You're in, yeah. Chad. You're I like in, him. buddy. No, he, I like him. His Twitter avi yeah. is, like, a, a dark-looking stout type of beer with some nice hat on it, and so. and he also has the uh, the dog in the flaming room. Yeah, the this is fine dog is his yeah. cover page on his Twitter. So Chad, you're in the hipsters. League. Well done. We'll, we'll hit done. you up. Buddy. I like that creativity. Yeah. And yeah. the last one, what? The last? One? I, no, I know we've me. got one more. On what I'm saying. The last yeah, one. the last one will Shall be, be up, up to me. you on oh, Thursday. Ooh. Special pick. Oh wow. Next episode. Once Harmony. I've picked none of those. <clears throat> one more entry into the hipsters league. Yep. Um, even though I have a 16 team league, I'm only going to pick one guy today. Oh, boy. I've got no Adam Rank here. I don't know what to do with myself. So I've, I'm going to make one announcement for the Danger Zone, and then we're just going to get crazy. I think on Thursday I might have, like, four. Because <laughs> Isn't this, like, three. exactly what we did last year? Yes, yeah. it is exactly what we did last year. <laughs> so right, predictable. Right. The Danger Zone League, yeah, man. This is, this is what we do, all right? 16 all right. teams, let's go. Dangerous. Um, <clears throat> we're going to let in a fella by the name of Sprint Swagger on Twitter. Ooh. Uh, great. He, I actually followed him, or I will. Uh, I, I've been going through his tweets, actually. Uh, great follow. You should follow him at Sprint Swagger. Uh, I don't know what his name is either, but uh, his he goes by Winter is here. So obviously he's a Game of Thrones fan. Good, he's good. wearing a he's yeah. wearing a uh, Winter is here. Winter is here. Uh, he's wearing a Metallica shirt in his profile pic, so that's not bad. Oh, he's got a Packers uh, background, and he's got a oh, Packers yeah? background. So uh. you know he's a little bit of a football fan as well. So there you go. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, we let in all kinds of folks into the danger. Would just league. be a little peculiar yeah. if, like, they were. I think we let in. Fans. We let in. We let in one gal last year who I think it was like her second year playing fantasy or something. Yeah, that's good. You gotta get some. You know, yeah, danger one. zone. Get a little bit of. Get a little bit crazy here. Anyway, so we welcome in uh, Sprint Swagger. I just like the. T I really like the Twitter handle. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know why. <laughs> cool. All right. Like What's his forty time? What what is his forty time? It's probably pretty good for a Twitter person. So there you go. Um, if you'd like to be considered for entry into one of our listener leagues, and of course we are getting right down to it, man. Um, it's obviously pretty easy. All you got to do is rate and review the podcast. Screen grab a, a review for us and send it our way. Uh, can I ask the listeners out there to do us a solid? If you are reviewing us from a laptop or a desktop and you're doing it on, on iTunes, if you would be oh so kind as to upvote the nicer reviews. Good call. And yeah. downvote the five-year-old negative reviews. I love how, yeah, like that 2011 review is they're like from still five, the one. They're from like six or seven years ago. I man. was definitely 100% <laughs> like In 17 years old. In the womb. <laughs> Matt Harmon didn't even know he was going to work in football. At that point, man. That's, that's did, probably a true statement. Didn't even know if I was going to, like, survive 
senior year of college. Can we? Which I, which I barely did, by the way. I don't think you were in college at that point. 2011, yeah, I was in college. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe Relax. Know. Color me skeptical. Color me skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, idiots. <laughs> um, but, yes, can you guys do us a solid, man? That would be cool. If yeah. you're doing it from a laptop or a desktop, and that's the only way because you can't do it on your phone for whatever reason. Yeah, get but off your phone, millennial. If you, <laughs> if you do it on a laptop or desktop and you're leaving a review, that would be cool, man. That would be cool. So there you go. Um, and, again, just rate, review the podcast, and uh, screenshot us a, a review, and we'll be good to go. All right, let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. All right, daily dap time. We will start with the whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Gilhar, what you got? Uh, first off, daily daps to all of the uh, civilian people in the Houston and Texas area that are going out and trying to help with you boats and, and rescue stranded yeah. people and stuff. Yeah, I've seen a couple things on. The news of just guys, you know, family, people, guys, women, men, women that have boats going out there cruising, trying to help stranded survivors. That's always really awesome to see when there's some sort of a natural disaster like that. Just the average people rising up to the cause and helping others. And uh, undaps to airplane Wi-Fi costs. Oh, my last God. Night it's I so was, expensive. Last night I was flying back and uh, right during the Game of Thrones finale. Poor planning on my part. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I've got an HBO Now account, free okay. trial. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, Let's pay, do it. I'll pay for the Wi-Fi. I've got like a four-plus-hour flight. It's oh, like no. an hour-and-a-half-long episode. This will be perfect. Perfect. So I get on there. They're like, yeah, no, you know, Wi-Fi is up and stuff. You can do whatever. I'm like, perfect. Pull it out. Go to buy it. Thought it was going to be like 10 12 bucks. It's like twenty seven dollars. What? Insane. For for a four hour flight, it was twenty seven dollars, and I was like, I hovered over, and I was like, I, that's way too much. Don't say what like, airline you were flying. I will not. Just in case they ever become a sponsor. Also, that, but it was like it was. That's like that's like two movie tickets that's in L.A. Dude, that's, that's like outrageous. four beers. I was like, I can't justify this. airplane Wi-Fi before <laughs> you outrageous. have it. Always seems like such a good idea, and then you pay for it and you get on the network. Yes. and You're like, why? Why did I, I do that? Do this? Well, it's because like it's <laughs> so slow. Yeah, it's like finding a <clears throat> bottle of water in the middle of the desert, but there's a scorpion at the bottom. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I really want the water, but. Yeah, I mean, my analogy. You might get your analogy stung. game your is off. My analogy is a little bit work after the off season. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> undaps to that because then instead I got back to my apartment at about twelve thirty and had to watch that hour and twenty minute episode. Then okay, so I went to bed about two thirty this okay. morning. I can't oh, wait to watch it mostly because I want to hate it. So I'm uh, ready. you're the worst. Right. Yeah, that's right. Boo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can't just, wait. Just, yeah. just, just. Sh- I can't wait to just completely poo-poo it. It hates you back, so there. That's great. James Um, Coe feels that the Game of Thrones is on pace to be a bad show. (laughs) But it's a great show. As a series, it's a great show. The season is not good. Uh, We will talk about that in depth later. Offline, probably. Offline. Uh, Probably for the best. best. Uh, Or we'll have our own podcast of, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyways, Matt Harmon, give me me your daily. It's been a while, pal. (laughs) Yeah, right? It has been a while. Let me pull the scroll out. Uh, I mean, as per usual, I always forgot about these. So I was like, oh, good, perfect. No, but I I think I just want to daps this this whole offseason. I mean, you know, like I said, it's been a long uh, process to get back here. Some uh, trials. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Uh, But, you know, I think this was a good offseason of – Growth for your boy personally. Okay, and uh, I feel good about that. So, so you're just, dapping yourself. So I'm dapping the. <laughs> I'm dapping the universe and the off season. You know, I'm because I'm because I'm retiring the character that I used to be on this podcast, which was very dark and gloomy. I'm not that guy anymore. What? Yes, I had, you are. I had a lot of personal change. You're the same guy. I'm, what are you talking about? I'm in a relationship now. No, I'm a new man. He's he's got. That's a, that's arm. breaking news. That's totally breaking. That is news. breaking. That's breaking news. You just let that one out of the bag. Oh, I like that. Want to save it for the real listeners who stay to the end of the yeah. show. Yeah, good not call. The, not the so, yeah, no longer will this, this be a podcast filled with, you know, nihilism, existential <laughs> I, questions. I, I think it will, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I we'll see. Once in a while. <laughs> Maybe in, like, November. Because obviously I'm going to, uh, you know, chances are pretty good I'll screw this relationship up and uh, the season will kill my soul. So, I mean, the, that potential exists. But for now, Perfect. we're talking yeah. about personal growth. There will be some November trips to Arby's. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I like she doesn't it. listen to this. My birthday party. I'm good, throwing man. it at Arby's this year. Oh yeah, here we go. Wow. They've got uh, the meats. <laughs> is it your you're turning are you turning thirty? No, I'm not turning thirty yet. Calm down. Don't oh. look at me. I've been nearly thirty for like four years. <laughs> well, and I always lose track because I, I just have been calling you thirty for since I met you, so yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, worse. Matt Franchise, what you got? 
Uh, I'm going to daily daps the Mayweather-McGregor fight for living up to the hype. Okay. It was a very entertaining fight. Okay. And I'm going to oh daily daps. I've got so many hot takes on that, but I won't get into it. Go. Uh, I'm going to daily daps this album that came out Friday by one of my favorite bands called The War on Drugs. The album's called A Deeper Understanding. The guy's voice sounds like he's trying to be Bob Dylan. Hmm. Uh, but it's good music. It's good music. And you should all check it out. It's hashtag good music. The War uh, on Drugs. James, just <coughs> one hot take about the McGregor Mayweather fight. I didn't watch it. I just saw the result. But I was glad to see that it did live up it to was the <laughs> very it was very No, it was an entertaining fight. Yes. Um, and it was, f- I mean, just way more entertaining than people thought it was yes. going to be, that yes. I thought it was going to be. I'm a fight fan. I'm an MMA fan and a boxing fan. So um, I was expecting this to be an absolute train wreck. But, no, it, it um, was an entertaining fight. I mean, way more entertaining than most people thought. That being said, um, People, I, I feel like people are overstating the McGregor thing, right? It's like, I get it. It was a good fight. I, I, you know, if you paid 100 bucks for it, cool, good on you. I, I, I think you got what you paid for. That being said, you're talking about McGregor fighting a 40-year-old fighter who had retired, hadn't boxed in two years, was going to the strip club every single night, and also significantly changed his game plan, a game plan that got him to 49-0. I've never seen Floyd Mayweather fight this way. So he was fighting way out of himself. Oh, by the way, McGregor is also also like 15 or 20 pounds heavier uh, than, than Floyd Mayweather with more reach. So let's not... Let's not overstate what we saw here. You know what I'm saying? We got an entertaining fight, and that's cool. Uh, that was definitely cool. But people are saying, like, this guy's <laughs> People are saying McGregor is now all of a sudden a legit boxer. He's a legit guy that went toe-to-toe and, and, and was taking and pushing Floyd Mayweather to the brink. He didn't push Floyd Mayweather to the brink. It was an entertaining fight. That's it. I mean, people yeah, overstating agree, yeah. it. It's, it's crazy. People Agreed. overstating it, which is just – which is what McGregor fans do, which is fine. But, again, I just, yeah. Well, well, all I'm saying is I enjoyed watching it. I agree. I enjoyed watching it as well. I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm reading the comments on these on these boards. Yeah, it's overreaction. Just, it's, oh, my God, the overreaction is crazy. I was probably <coughs> enjoying my 13th beer of the day <laughs> when the fight happened because that was my main league draft, and I then like we were playing it. poker afterwards. So Nice. Well, there it is. This is wonderful. Uh, very quick daily dap for me, Vic Mensa. Um, he's got this uh, album out. It's called The Autobiography. Uh, good rap album if you want to listen to it. Uh, I think the lead track, or at least one of the more popular tracks, is OMG with Pusha T. Anyways, good track if you like hip-hop. Uh, a little, uh, It's a little grittier uh, than your normal hip pop stuff that you might find so uh but if you're into that a little grittier sound in hip-hop uh go check out vic mensa uh very good album uh producer chris yes sir what do we got daily this is this is my first one i'm gonna have to give it to the franchise it's your virgin maiden voyage (laughs) yeah the the franchise gets it because he was kind enough to come on the chargers.com official podcast friday Talked a lot of oh, big Chargers time. firepower wow. on that offense and uh, a lot of good tips for the fans. So I appreciate it, brother. How Give me some Keenan Allen, baby. Keenan Allen. I'm all in on Keenan Allen. Yeah. Producer Chris, how do they find your podcast, pal? You go to Chargers Podcast on iTunes. Chargers it's the official podcast. L.A. Chargers podcast. Look at this go. guy over here. Very oh, nice. Yes, sir. Adding some, adding some gravitas to our podcast. I like it. All right, so there you go. That's the show for Matt Franciscovich, the franchise for the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhar, and the return. Of the fantasy, one half of the fantasy hipsters and the creator of the reception, Perception Matt Harmon. And for producer Chris, I'm James Go. We'll see you later. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, 
creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 